Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Now, first of all, there are those who are who are ignorant concerning the Bible that said that's a parable. Well, for somebody that thinks they're intelligent to tell me that's a parable, I've considered immediately that they insulted my intelligence. For somebody to tell me that's a parable, they've insulted me. I, I'd rather they'd spit in my face because I'm not that stupid. It couldn't be a parable. Nobody but some ignoramus would think so. It couldn't be a parable. For a man to say it's a parable is either dishonest or ignorant. I think a lot of these folks are dishonest. Because in a parable, every parable Jesus gave, you can read it for yourself, he said, so-and-so is like unto so-and-so. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, How You Can Know the Will of God by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagin's classic message. So many times, we have confused spirit and soul as though they were the same. But they're not the same. Because Hebrews 4.12, one verse that we looked at, you remember, declared that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So if they could be divided, they're not one. Our trouble has been that we've been more soul conscious than spirit conscious. And the, the church is not to blame for that because the ministry have left that impression that they're the same. Because we'll refer to this part of man. We'll call him soul one time. We'll call him spirit another time. I've been guilty of that in years gone by myself till I learned the difference. Well, naturally, you'll never be able to separate them as long as your thinking is that they are the same. But they could not be the same. You see, with my spirit, I contact the spirit world, not with my soul. With my body, I contact the physical world. With my soul, I contact the intellectual world or realm. And so therefore, man is a spirit being. He has a soul, or we possess a soul. We possess intellect and also possess emotions. Now, here's one thing that has aided false cults and teachers by the church not making clear the fact that we are spirit beings, but calling us a soul. We talk about the salvation of the soul. And uh, we talk about so many souls were saved, you know, if people were born again. Now, you'll not find this in the King James translation, but in, in the Greek, the, or the Hebrew, the Old Testament, speaks about, and I was reading recently after, I said recently, I mean the last number of years. When I say recently, sometimes I'm referring to 10 years ago. Uh, with you now that may not be that way you see. but uh, anyway uh, some people who do not believe that man really is a spirit being when you're dead you're dead like a dog you see see the part that differentiates us from animals is our spirit God is a spirit we are a spirit we have a soul and so they pointed out in the Hebrew Bible the original scriptures that the Bible speaks of the souls of animals and they poked fun at 
those who believed, you see, that the soul never died. And, and you know, we're talking about in a land where a soul never died, and so on and so forth. They said, well, uh, the soul of animals does, so man, when he's dead, is dead like an animal. Because, you see, but, you see, the soul quality of an animal, because an animal does have a certain amount of intellect, and an animal does have emotion. You see that with uh, mother cats or dogs or even other animals. And you'll see that their soul qualities, however, are based entirely on the physical. And when the physical dies, then their soul's dead. That's gone. But our soul qualities are based on the spiritual, not the physical. And when our body dies, our spirit and soul live on. Because our soul qualities are based upon the spiritual and not just on the physical. Now that's easily proven by the scriptures. For instance, the 16th chapter of Luke's gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ himself told us a story in the most minute detail, beginning with the 19th verse, saying there was a certain rich man clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from his table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and the beggar died, and the angels carried him away to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in these flames. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil, and now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Besides this is a great guff fixed between you and us, so that they that would come from hence to thence cannot, neither can they come from hence to thence. And then he said, I pray thee, Father Abraham, that you'd send Lazarus back to the earth. That he had five brothers that he was concerned about, see, that they might not come to this place of torment. Now, first of all, there are those who are, who are ignorant concerning the Bible that said that's a parable. Well, for somebody that thinks they're intelligent to tell me that's a parable, I've considered immediately that they insulted my intelligence. For somebody to tell me that's a parable, they've insulted me. I, I'd rather they'd spit in my face because I'm not that stupid. It couldn't be a parable. Nobody but some ignoramus would think so. It couldn't be a parable. For a man to say it's parable is either dishonest or ignorant. I think a lot of these folks are dishonest. Because in a parable, every parable Jesus gave, you can read it for yourself, he said, so-and-so is like unto so-and-so. Here he didn't say anything's like and unto anything. In the parable, you could not use the word certain in a parable. I don't believe Jesus is an ignoramus. Nobody but an ignoramus would use the word certain in a parable because it couldn't go in there. The word certain means, look it up in the dictionary, means for sure. The word certain means it's this way and no other way. But when Jesus said there was a certain rich man, he said, I'll tell you for sure, it's this way and no other way. Then for some little old ding-dong or ding-bat <laughs> that's about a half inch in air between his ears... And if all of his brains went off at once and it was dynamite, it wouldn't be enough to blow his nose. <laughs> Tells me that that's just a parable. I can't accept it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that stupid. No, there was a certain rich man. Jesus said so. There was a certain beggar. Jesus said so. Now I want you to notice this. That out there, 
after the, the rich man died. The, the beggar died. The angels carried him away. They didn't carry his body away. His body's not him. Body's the house he lived in. Angels are spirits. Men carried his body away and buried it, but angels carried him away. Hallelujah. Him. Him. The real man. Angels carried him away. Can you say amen? amen. Angels carried him away. The rich man died and was buried. His body was buried. But in hell he lifted up his eyes. And he saw Abraham before off. You see, before Jesus died and rose from the dead, Hades was divided in two compartments. One side was where the spirits of the unjust and the unholy and the unsaved went. The other side was where those of God's people went. It was called Abraham's bosom. Now that's been emptied. You see, the fourth chapter of Ephesians said that when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captives. He took those out of there and took them up with him to heaven. Blessed be God, that's the cloud that received him out of sight when he went up to heaven, and they're up there in heaven now. And so therefore, when we on the New Testament church die, blessed be God, as Paul said, we depart to be with Christ, which is far better. But here's what I wanted to get to you. He said, son, remember, the rich man's mind was still intact. His emotions were still intact. He was concerned about his brothers on this earth, lest they come to that place of torment. Send Lazarus back to the earth so that he can witness to them. So my five brothers would not come here, you see. And so you see, your soul's not going to die and your spirit's not going to die. In other words, a good way to say it is that you are a spirit being. I am a spirit being. I possess a soul. Hallelujah. Well, God doesn't lead me through my soul, though. He leads me through my spirit. By his spirit, through my spirit. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God's spirit, his spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now we've been discussing at some length this fact that the number one way that God leads us as his children is by the inward witness. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Or sometimes we call it an intuition or inner guidance. Sometimes we, we just simply don't know but we just know on the inside of us. That's an inward witness. You see, friends, we need to realize this, that our spirits have been born again, that our spirits, the Christian spirit, has the life and the nature of God in it, is born of God's spirit, and has the spirit of God in it. He can be filled with that spirit that he already has in him. And when he's filled with that spirit, praise God, there'll be an overflow and he'll speak with other tongues as the spirit gives him utterance. But even just the born again one, not having been filled with the spirit, but the born again one has the spirit abiding in him. You remember Jesus said in John 14, 23, and this pick up back here somewhere where we were and then we'll go on beyond that. If a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. 1 Corinthians three sixteen, Paul said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. 2 Corinthians 6, 16, Paul said, Ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, I'll walk in them, I'll be their God, they'll be my people. 
You can see from these scriptures then that God the Father and the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the person of the Holy Spirit, indwells us, abides in us, lives in us, in our spirits. The reason that our bodies become the temple of the Holy Ghost is because our bodies are the temples of our own spirit. The Holy Spirit is not dwelling in our bodies per se. He's dwelling in our spirits. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer. Two CDs, How You Can Know the Will of God by Kenneth E. Hagan, plus the single CD and mini book, Where Do We Go From Here by Ken Hagan. These three items together are just $19.95. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. Hey, and listen, if you're around our area uh, here on the 24th, we have a special carols, or candlelight carols and mm -hmm. communion at, at 5 p.m. in the main auditorium here. That's right. And it is one of the, I mean, people come from all over. I mean, yes. we got a lot of people. I mean, I had somebody ask me the other day, are you having the, the carols and candlelight? Yes. Sir, in communion. And I said, yes. They said, well, we want to come. They don't even come to our church. I know, but they come to that. It's beautiful. But they come because oh. they say it's it's one of the best uh, Christmas Eve deals that, that yes. they've ever been to. They like it. And one guy said, the reason I like it is because you do it at 5. Mm -hmm. Try to get us out by 6. No later than 6.15, mm -hmm. 6.20. We still have time to get home and to have celebrations and so forth and so on. So, hey, That's right. if you're in our area... Uh, on the 24th, 5 p.m., right in the Rama uh, Auditorium, Rama Church yes. Auditorium. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, How You Can Know the Will of God. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.